Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dingers, the St. Louis Cardinals are good at baseball again, and well, Bryce Harper has a new haircut, uh, and Armando and I are going to talk about it with you with you guys today. That's right, it's a uh, seventh inning stretch, not none often enough, but uh, that's because our last one, you know, was just actually a conversation between Armando and I that went into the ether, and with me as always is Armando. How are you, bud? I know last time it was kind of a, you know, my mic didn't do us any favors it was a great conversation though everyone it missed was out on the best episode of the seventh inning stretch possibly ever yeah yeah it's like the under it's you know it's the unreleased tapes we're like prince you know it's just like all these hours of uh tape that nobody will ever hear but uh i guess i want to talk about like the you know the real pressing issue in my head and your head uh bryce Har- bryce harper's haircut i don't even know what to say man i mean i saw it i sent it to you i was kind of speechless um i think all i could think to myself is why like like why I, I'm confused. There are certain haircuts that like certain people just shouldn't get. Like the one that I dislike, the, the one that I that I dislike most, and I'll, I'll cop to the fact that I did try growing them once. Are like white guys with dreadlocks. Like we shouldn't do cornrows either. They don't look good on us. Armando, you're, you're not white, so you can't really answer this one. But no, white guys don't look good with dreadlocks or cornrows. Like it's just not our thing. So I don't know what Bryce Harper is doing. I don't understand it either, man. I mean, for to go from the pompadour comb over to that, it's kind of an extreme to another, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I we're going to digress, because I could talk about this and really be unhappy about this all day. Uh, the white boy pompadour, though, was great. It was better. That's a good look. A little bit more. Like, Price, like, heart, he, like if he, he's the face of the game that doesn't have any faces. Like, you got to stick with a consistent look. I just don't understand. Like, what influenced this? What made this decision? Like, like... What circles is he running with? How did his wife, like, okay this? Who said it was okay? Like, I don't care how much money you have. You should have some friends that are going to, like, be honest with you, bro. And all I can say, he's got a lot of yes-men. Yeah, no, he has a lot of yes-men. And in other news, uh, Mike Trout got a haircut. He just told the barber uh, high and tight, and then he went out and hit three homers. Yeah, you know, just 
run-of-the-mill day for, for Mike Trout. Yeah. Mike Trout somehow keeping the Angels in the wild card race, despite the fact that that team's roster is awful. It's impossible to comprehend for me, uh, like how the Angels are even in this race. I can't tell if somebody's bad or or everybody else is really bad or they're just kind of swimming in there. Um, but Mike Trout makes all the difference for that team. You know, we saw when he was injured how bad they were. We we, we constantly see. I mean, he's injured once a year and we see a stretch of games where he misses and it's just so obvious in this team and the holes there is, is gaping when he's not there and, and for me uh i just i'm shocked I, I don't understand how they're there uh even if they make it in the wild card spot i can't see them doing anything in this playoffs run. no no they're, they're, they're not good they're they're not going to do anything in the playoffs they have the best player in the game and he's basically just like you know i i, I gotta look at his war for a second i don't i know it's not the end all and be all stats but it's got to be like around seven at this point this season. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible how 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 every year it's just like he is the most impactful, most important player in the game of baseball. And you and me talk about this all the time. Nobody knows who the hell Mike Trout is, really. Yeah, he's got a, he's running a six war in ninety three games. It's ridiculous. He's so good. He's the best. He is absolutely the best. Yeah. But uh, we could talk about my trout all day. But the amazing thing is, if, if if I told you on April 10th that that the Mets would be 20 games under 500, would you have believed it? If I had told you at that point that the Twins and Angels would be battling it out for the second wild card spot in the AL, would you have believed it? Yeah, no to both. I mean, the the Mets, you know. Everybody had high expectations for them. More oh, we're, least, we're, we're holding on to them for a minute. I I I, I got to go off on a rant about oh, them. So. Fine, okay. Yeah. I, 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 the twins. I mean, come on, come on. The twins and the angels. We both thought were dumpster fires. Uh, the twins last season, I had high hopes for, and they let me down. This season, uh, you know, I'm disinterested as all hell. They scorned me already last year, so I'm just shocked that these two teams, the twins and, and the and the angels, are actually contending for things and, and and such a vast improvement but when you look at the numbers it's more of a like it, it, it how because you know the twins can't pitch uh the twins can't do much of much but they're winning games so it's kind of the twins have run kyle gibson out there a lot kyle gibson's terrible that's what i'm saying but still they're in the hunt i don't understand yeah i will say this about the twins though it's the thing i love is urban santana most underrated pitcher in the game right now does he, he goes out there and gives them a competitive deep start every single time. Nobody sings his praises. I'm going to do it here. Urban Santana is really good. Yeah, I think Urban Santana is one of the most like underrated pitchers in the last few years. I mean, he's consistently good. He gives you innings, um, but he's always on a bad team. Yeah, but this year he might actually help pitch that team into the playoffs. I mean, he's going to be there. He'd be their wild card game starter uh, if if they get there. But I mean, right now he's. Uh, He's pitching. A, he's fourteen and seven with a three three five ERA. Like in the AL Central, that's, that's really good. That's and and it seems to be every year. He has similar numbers to that. You know what I mean? So so it's not. He's just a consistent pitcher. Uh, he probably in a real uh, in a in a solid rotation could be an exceptional number three. You know, maybe number two. Uh, here he's the ace, but that's just because they don't have much. Yeah. So I, w- I want to jump over though to the American League East to. Uh, we're going to talk about sign gate, the sign stealing gate, because uh, every single scandal now is a gate, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, if, for anybody who doesn't know, the Red Sox were accused of stealing signs from the Yankees using, I believe, an, leaving iPhones and iPads. The 
Red so- the Yankees, the Red Sox have gone back and accused the Yankees of the same thing. Um, Pedroia went out and said that stealing signs is a part of the game. Um, I happen to agree with him, but I don't know where you fall on this, Armando. Yeah, it's part of the game, but like, bro, you can't bring your Apple Watch and fucking like, come on, dude. Yeah, if you're fucking sitting there in the dugout and you're like, oh, this guy's tipping his shit, absolutely, that's part of the game. Every little advantage you can get, but come on, bro, your Apple Watch, your iPads, come on. Even Dustin Pedroia is not buying his own bullshit right now. No, no, he's not. But like, there is also the you know the people bring up the unwritten rule, and uh, you and I both know how we feel about the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, you know, people say, "Oh, it's an unwritten rule; you don't steal signs." So, uh, no, I think the actual thing is, if you find the other team is stealing your signs, you change your signs. That's actually what smart managers do. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a little you know confused about that too. How I, okay, I could see the fuss about it being you know the, the technology involved, but for this to be a fuss and to be something that's like a novel concept to people, it's like come on, this has been going since the you know the existence of the game. This is part of the cat and mouse. This is why you pay managers money. You know what I mean? To to to, to you guys have to get an advantage, and you got to take it in any way you can, and it's up to the other team to stop you. It's like. I don't know, like, like it's no different than playing any sport. Like, the defender has to stop you from scoring. It's not your job to just stop scoring. You know what I mean? What the yeah. fuck? You know, it's it's also every of every few years, there's like a sign-stealing thing in baseball right now. And I mean, even one of the most famous home runs in the history of the game like has is like wrought with sign-stealing accusations. Uh, you know, the Bobby Thompson home run over the uh, Dodgers at... Uh, at the polo grounds uh, for the Giants to win the 19, I think 54 National League pennant. Uh, you know, if you if you watch enough baseball, you've seen that clip. But uh, even that one's like wrought with like, oh, they Bobby Thompson was relayed the sign from the you know a runner on second. It's like, well, disguise your fucking pitch. Yeah, bro, it's not that hard. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's it's all part of the game, man. It's all about yeah. getting advantage. Any game you play, any sport you play, anything you do in the world of business, it is all about getting an advantage. And I don't understand why, like that. There's a hoopla surrounding that, aside from just the techno- technological standpoint. Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to think recently, what other things with technology? I mean, there's what the uh, the Dodgers were accused of positioning their outfielders with laser pointers, I believe, actually by the Mets. Yes, yes, I believe I read that. Uh, I mean, okay. What, okay. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, true or not true, I mean, what, what? okay, instead of just waving your arm and telling them to move three steps to the left, which is what we do, why, you know, the laser point, I, I don't care either way. He's going to get yeah, a position. Before the damn pitch pitched, he'll be in position. I think it was Joe Madden last year gave the Cubs outfielders cards on where to play every single yes, hitter. Yes, 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 yes. They were pulling it out of the back pocket all the time. Yeah. I mean, it made Dexter, Dexter Fowler into a gold glover. Uh, he hasn't been that good in center in St. Louis this year, or he has never been that good in center ever before. But you know what? It worked for them. They got a ring. I don't think, and, and, and largely because of their, largely because of their defense, they got a ring. And and again, it, the game evolves, Justin. You know what I mean? And this is part of the evolution of the game. I mean, Joe Madden's not a manager that's afraid to change things or or go with the unconventional or push the boundaries. So this doesn't surprise me in any way that he did this and that he was successful doesn't surprise me either. I think far too often people think that it's just like this old boys league and it's all the same shit. But baseball has evolved so much and it's going to continue to evolve with sabermetrics, with, with numbers, with stat cast, with exit velocities, with all these different, you know, things that are going on in the game. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not what it was, Justin. It's not even what it was when you and me were watching in high school, bro. It's a totally different game now. Yeah, you know, I'm actually gonna have something. I want the strike zone to be expanded so badly. 
even though hitters are striking out too much, I want the strike zone expanded, and I want people to just fucking focus on making contact with the ball and putting the ball on the ground so teams can stop playing shifts. I hear that. I know you're not a big fan of the shift. No, I'm not a big fan of the shift because, I mean, this is going to be like, you know, me whining about the Mets because they've stocked up on left-handed power hitters, but like, or actually just power hitters too, because even Cespedes, like the Mets just loaded up on a team with guys who all they do is hit into shifts. It's it's so boring when you know that there's three outcomes of an at-bat. This or four, that, that, this guy is going to ground into the shift, he's going to strike out, or he's going to nub a single down the third baseline because nobody's playing there. But but is this, you know, is that up to the league to do that? Like, you, I mean, you're saying you want to expand the strike zone. Is that up to them, or should that just be, you know, these hitters should be trying to do better? Expand well, the field, go the opposite way a little bit more. And I don't want to hear that, yeah, you're getting thrown inside and you're getting jammed. Hit the ball inside out. J- Derek Jeter made a career of it, so it's it's doable. I think it's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, though, because as the hitters get bigger and the strike zone stays the same size, pitchers are forced to try to throw harder. So if you expand the strike zone, you don't have everybody trying to throw 100 miles an hour with every single pitch. Pitchers' arms won't break as much. Okay. You'll get yourself back into having pitchers go deeper because, you know what, that's the one thing about the old strike zone. It was called. I, mean, I, don't, even think, I, don't, I don't even think I want them to expand the strike zone. I just want them to call balls and strikes correctly, which means actually calling the pitch at the letters a strike. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I think that's that, that's uh, it's it's gone by the wayside. I agree 100%. Yeah. While we're talking about umpiring, Joe West and fucking uh, Angel Hernandez, let's talk about this protest because I just want to hear how asinine you think this is before I go off on a rant on these two fucking assholes. I'm not even going to comment on Joe West on this one because I'm just used to Joe West being an obnoxious schmuck. Fair. But I, I just don't get angel hernandez's thought process i I don't he thinks he's bigger than the game he thinks he's the show yeah i mean the guy the the guy is suing baseball because he feels like he should have been in more world series uh crews which is asinine because he's the worst fucking umpire in the league and and the players will tell you that uh you know he throws people out left and right he makes a charade of it he got into an argument recently with Russ, uh, russell martin that made himself look like a fucking asshole i don't understand i Angel mean he and, in any way. he and kinsler uh you know he and kinsler's gone really out there with his uh his critiques of him but that's the thing you gotta give guys an inch to argue balls and strikes you have to give them an inch like i know people say like oh where you get tossed out of the game is is uh is, is, is arguing balls and strikes, but it's a cat and mouse between hitters and pitchers. They're going to be, you know, hitters got to ask, it was, you know, was that really inside or not? They want to quit. They want to get the umpire on their side, or at least if the umpires made a mistake, the, um, the pitcher, the, you know, the hitter wants to make the umpire know it's like, you know, you called that a strike and it was a ball because they know that the next borderline pitch, the umpire, you know, will even it up. Right. And it's working umpires as a part of the game. There's nothing wrong with having the conversation. I mean, that's all it is, right? I mean, yeah, it's going to be a little sideways, but rightfully so. If you're missing a call, then it should be discussed. Like, we shouldn't wait for you to be reviewed or however the umpire system works, right? But we should have the ability to question it. And then to have the the, the managers tossed as well, it just puts these teams in bad positions. Uh, e- even though 90% of the time that these guys are arguing, they're right, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, no, most of the time most of the time that umpires throw a guy out of a game, it should really be like, you know, they've they've crossed the line. Arguing balls and strikes isn't crossing that line. Also, you know, for the same thing also, 
tossing a manager who's just trying to get himself thrown out to spark his team. Also, a line you have to be careful about because you can't give in too easily. Like, that's the thing. You can't have too quick a hook. Really? You should only throw a guy out if he's crossing the line. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think they leave that. I don't mind. You know, it's all about discretion with umpires. It's all about how you see things and and you calling the game and the human element of of the game. Right. So I get that. But ultimately, at the same time, they are there to enforce rules. They're there to interpret rules. They're there to interpret outcomes. And they should be there to be mediators between the managers, between the rule book, between everything, the league. They should be there to, to, to hear these managers out more. And like you said, the hook is way too short, bro. These guys have to at least be willing to accept that they're not always right. And I feel like that's gone by the wayside as well. Yeah. So I got, I have one question for you. It, it, during the illustrious managerial career of Bobby Cox, did you ever go to a game where you got to see him thrown out? I did not. No, I did not. But I saw it a ton on TBS, I'll tell you what. I saw it multiple times in person. It is Bobby Cox, like, he, he was a master at it. Cause it seems like every single time he got tossed, his team won the next day or they came back and won that game, always depending situationally. Cause if he got tossed down nine one, you know, it was the next day they'd come back. Right. But I, I've never seen someone get tossed to like such great effect. Like that guy worked umpires better than anybody I've ever seen. Right, right, because he was cerebral about it, and he had he had motive, and he had he had something that uh, an outcome was coming out of that. It was you know gener- rejuvenating his team, getting them some energy, getting them out there and focused. But Lou Pinella, I mean, that was just fun. Lou Pinella is comical. That was just I fun. Mean, kicking dirt, picking up bases, he was hysterical. So I mean, who's really the best? I'm going to give it to Lou, just because I enjoyed it much more. Well, I mean. If you're going to open it up to Pinella, you got to then open it up to two other entries that I think are in you know the, the baseball canon that work. Um, Lasorda, because oh, Lasorda yeah. was amazing at it, and Bobby V, because Bobby V is actually the biggest prick ever. <laughs> I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I love Bobby Valentine, like one of my favorite Met managers ever. But like, what made him really good was the fact that he was a total prick. Right, right, right. You know. And it works for him. It works for him. I mean, he's been yeah. successful because of his personality. Let's be honest. Yeah. Now, I wonder how that worked in Japan, because from what I understand, that culture, like, doesn't love tossing managers. Like, the culturally in Japanese baseball, managers are typically not going to go out and argue with umpires. Right. Yeah, no, no, I'm very interested to see how that went or to to find out. I would love to hear stories about his time in Japan. Yeah, I'm going to look that up at some point, and I'll share those with you. And if any of them are any good, we will have a reading of Bobby Valentine toss stories yes. from Japan on the next seventh inning stretch. Oh, please. I hope you find a bounty. I hope I do, too. <laughs> but uh, let, let's jump back into baseball that's actually happening now. Uh, one big deal that came – there's there's a few, actually, big waiver deadline day deals, uh, the, the, most, the most of which is uh, Justin Verlander landing in Houston. Uh, I think it's a great move for Houston. I think it shows the ambition that I think some of their players felt was lacking at the deadline. They got their guy. I think that's the guy they wanted. Um, and uh, I think he's going to pay dividends. It's a big name. It's something that will excite that ball club. I mean, it's a World Series caliber team. Uh, very consistent. Very young. Exciting. And it looks like a team that's in it for the long haul. And him still having a few years on his deal. It looks like it's a win-win for both sides, really. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm plus, also... It's good to see Verlander getting another shot at it. That Tigers team that was built around him was really good. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, they, they, their window closed. And 
Justin Verlander getting, you know, finding his way to a contender, you know, when he's, who knows how many more shots he's going to have at it. Um, it's, it's a big move for them. And you'd like to kind of see, I mean, obviously you don't want to see this as a team that actually has, you know, a horse in the race. I wouldn't mind seeing Houston win given what the city's been through recently. Well, it's also influenced by the fact that like I have, you know, my girlfriend from Houston, so I have some affinity to the area because I definitely know know some people down there and like the city. But it, it, it does it does like you know add another story of here's a really here's a guy who you can really root for um, because Verlander seems like a good dude, uh, a guy you can really root for uh, going to a team with a shot to win. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, like you said, the window has closed in Detroit, and uh, it was a really good team. I really thought that they were at least going to get one when I saw that team being constructed, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think he's going to – his veteran leadership, all kinds of qualities that he's bringing to the staff, to this team, the experience of being in the postseason before it's such a young team, I think it's going to be great. And like you said, him going the, there in this tough time, uh, I'm sure, is a decision that, you know – probably he could have easily said no. I mean, under the circumstances, the more the pressure, the more everything going on there. And I think them playing good baseball, I think sports always, I mean, you with 9-11 in New York, you saw it firsthand and stuff. And, and I think sports always like has a way of, of helping places heal and helping places get a sense of normalcy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like I remember a few years ago, in the, I mean, different sport in the NBA though. Remember when there was those massive floods up Mississippi river in through, uh, North Mississippi right. and Southern Tennessee, when the Grizz made a deep playoff run, it was really, really helpful for the city. Uh, and you always kind of like seeing that type of thing because you know it's it's a it is a distraction that people need from a life that's been overly complicated by something that's desperately out of their control. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, but sticking with the Dodgers because there's uh, there's two other things we should actually talk about with them since we've last spoken. They also traded Justin Upton to the Angels. Uh, that's a good contract to get out of. They didn't take anything, really anything, for him because well. That's a good contract to get out of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a move that had to be made. It's a move that had to be made. And the Angels, uh, they need a little bit more pop in that lineup. They need an offensive threat. He's a player that's, you know, a name. Uh, it's just they need they some more pieces. A, they can right? hide him in a corner because they have Trout. Exactly. Can't, exactly. Can't <laughs> but then also, uh, my other favorite story of the Tigers in the last time, since the last time we've spoken about baseball, uh, Miguel Cabrera landing a nasty right on, on Austin Romine. It was the best. It was better than 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 the, the Joey Batson uh, Odor matchup last year. He took on, I think, about six Yankees. What a man, Miguel Cabrera! What a man! Yeah, that was that was kind of epic. And then to see, you know, Victor Martinez get shit in the dugout. It it was all just great. It was just great. You like. You don't see. Usually, it's just handbags. You know what I mean? It's just handbags out there for baseball. It's all show. No, yeah, that was it's, real it's, shit. Most of it's like the uh, I remember reading Wayne Gretzky's autobiography, which you know I'm not gonna put on our reading list. But uh, <laughs> remember him talking about his, how when he would get into fights or when the teams would get into fights, like what he would do and the ice would clear up. Be like, I'm gonna go find the guy who looks like he wants to fight least also. I don't. And that's him. that's what most baseball fights are like. All of them. All of them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so. In the pantheon, though, of great right hands in baseball, for you know, for to start a fight, obviously there's a runaway winner, which is Nolan Ryan just pummeling Robin Ventura. That's nothing, stupid. nothing compares to it's that. It's timeless, timeless. That. Where do we place? Where do we place this one? 
It's top five, no? It is. I'm trying to think about what else I could think of that's really in like the top five. Like, um, you remember Chan? I mean, it's not a punch, but Chan Ho Park did this like karate kick shit on like Russ Springer this one time in an interleague game. Yes. Oh, yes, that I had do to be. That. That's top. That's top three. Yeah. So we could put this maybe maybe uh, three, maybe four. Who uh, who who? Which which Cubs catcher was it that popped Pierzynski? Michael when he was Barrett. Yes. Michael Barrett. Yes. Pierzynski was amazing. Yes. Okay. I really loved that one. So this is going down the pecking list. We're at five now, I think, with this. Yeah. I mean, Veritek and A-Rod's not really a punch. That's just Veritek stiff-firing him, and that's actually more handbags than anything else. That's more just Yankees-Red Sox flaring up for, exactly. for no that's just show. For ratings. That's just for ratings. I can say this much without a doubt. The best bullfighting move in the history of baseball was uh, Pedro Martinez olaying Don Zimmer. I can watch that on loop still to this yeah. day. It's great. It's also great because you see Zim in the dugout afterwards and you can just obviously see him screaming, Pedro! <laughs> oh, man. Those are some memories right there, boy, I'll tell you. Now, here, here's uh, I mean, I'm going to throw a little trivia question at you. Do you know which Yankee was at the plate who Pedro threw inside on to start that entire thing? Oh, shit. Um, no. That's Kareem Garcia. Oh, shit. No. Because remember, Gar- Garcia owned him for a period. Like, he was the only Yankee who could hit Pedro in 2003. I'm replaying oh. it all in my mind now, and it's like, yeah, yeah. without a doubt, it's that. Kareem Gar- Garcia owned him in that series. Which is funny, because Kareem Garcia was poor even in the Mexican League. Yeah, Kareem Garcia is not very good. Like, he was a, a Met for a short period of time, and I came into it with, you know, expectations of, this guy hit Pedro. Now they're teammates. Maybe he'll be okay. No, no, he wasn't good. <laughs> this guy hit Pedro. Oh, but hey, but that's something to put on the resume nonetheless. I'm telling the kids, I hit Pedro. I, I will say this. I lo- There's almost nothing I love more than like small sample size bias when you see like an ace pitcher and you, and you see like uh, his success rate against uh, a hit, like a total scrubs success rate against them. Like that's always fun. It is. It's great. It's like what? What? How does this guy unlock the key? But he can't hit anybody else. It's like I don't know. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I really do too. I, it, it's one of my favorite things, especially when it's like someone like you know, like like someone has really good numbers against Max Scherzer. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Nobody should have numbers against Max Scherzer. Yeah. No, bro. But that's what makes fucking baseball fun. That type of yeah. shit. Yeah. But uh. Moving on, um, I'm going to go into uh, something else I want to talk about right now, which is, so in the first half, the last time we spoke, and in the first half of the season on the one that, you know, our last pod that got out, we sat there and I, you know, I very plainly made made note of the fact of something that we talked about on the pod that never made it to the light of day, uh, how much I was offended by people saying that Aaron Judge has usurped Mike Trout as best player in baseball. I went on a long rant about it on the one that wasn't released. You guys are going to get a small flavor of it. But you're also going to get a little bit of a a little bit of a splash too. The two things, so so Aaron Judge was talked about for the first half of the season as if he combined Mike Trout's ability to hit for average and hit to all fields with Giancarlo Stanton's power. And guess what? Both of them have completely and totally said "fuck you, Aaron," and have just gone on complete tears. Stanton is hitting home runs at a rate in which. I haven't seen someone do not on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Every night. He's hitting one every, pretty much every night. And it, it's amazing. I mean, I, 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 I never thought 
for me with Giancarlo, I, it's always there, right? He's always got that. But the consistency, uh, I, this is who, why are you still throwing to him? It's also the fact that for finally, it seems like for the first time in his career that like he's not injured. And that's really helpful. Cause I mean, this is a guy who he puts up monster numbers and you look at them though. Like you look at them, they're monster numbers, but then you look be like, Oh, he only drove in like 70 runs that year. Hit 37 homers, drove in 70 runs. But then you look, and he only played 117 games. You're like, oh. Right, exactly. He can't stay healthy. Like last year, massive wrist injury, sapped him of power. My question to you is, or it's not even a question, but boy, the Marlins are going to get a lot for this guy. Oh, yeah. They're not going to keep him ever. I mean, he's gone. The ownership group group that MLB approved with Jeter at the front can't afford the team. They need to, like, offloading that $325 million liability – and it's using liability in the accounting term and not the baseball term. <laughs> um, I mean, that contract's awful after, I don't know, he's a big guy. I don't see him aging particularly well, uh, you know, because of the combination of injuries and, si- injuries and size. Uh, but that contract is going to be uh, a- an albatross in about five years. Right. At which point you'll probably, I think, have another four years of it. Yeah, it, that's that the far too you know that's the trend and, and it happens far too often in baseball. These damn contracts. Thirteen you know, years. You, you better make sure you win. Years. You better make sure you win in a very short window to make it worth it. Because if you don't, then you're you're just stuck, man. It's just bad times. I mean, look at the Angels. Bad times. Yeah, well, I will say this: the best contract for anybody in baseball right now, in my estimation of these like incredibly long deals, is Joey Votto because of his skill set. I love Joey Votto so much. I do too. I think we had yeah. this this love fest last podcast. that didn't make the air either, but God, yeah. Joey Votto's so good, so much, such a good baseball player, such a good. All he does is just play Gold Glove defense, run the bases better than anybody at his position, walk more than anybody at his position, and put a pr- walk more than anybody in the game. Have better on base skills than anybody in the game, and when he does see a pitch to hit, uh, he really just crushes it. And he plays in a park that works for it, but he'd be good anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. But uh, back to back to Stanton though. The, uh, the the question is, who would you even think could be in play for him as a team? Like, is like they're obviously going to trade him, right? The Marlins yeah. are going to they're going to pull off, you know, their their you know now every five year fire sale. I mean, I think it depends what happens, man. In this you know season, this postseason, I think the Dodgers could be in play if we come up short this year. I think there's a lot of. I mean, you know, the Red Sox are always in play with big money moves. Um, you know, Dombrowski doesn't like to keep any prospects. Not that he has many, but, you know, he likes the, the proven commodity and the big name. Um, and the Yankees are always on, on the market, right? But, I mean, the Yankees, Bryce Harper's going there. So that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I don't know. It's not many. That's for sure. Yeah. You know what's going to be amazing about this is if, if he's traded to the Red Sox, I'm staying off of Liverpool Twitter for like two weeks. Oh, I'm not. I'm going full throttle on that motherfucker. Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, like, people will start to see the staggering amount of money, and they'll be like, uh? They won't realize that, you know, there's no transfer fee paid for them. But, uh, and the Red Sox make a lot of money. (laughs) So so, 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 so does Liverpool, but the Red Sox make a lot of money. Right. No, Uh, absolutely. But uh, another player who also looks likely to be traded probably in this offseason is Manny Machado. Oh, yeah, Manny Machado. Uh, any team would be lucky to have him. Uh, he's just, I mean, at that age, at that versatility, defensively, at, you know, sure, he's not had the best of years for Manny Machado, but Jesus Christ, bro, what a talent that guy is, and anybody would be lucky to have him. 
Yeah, I really want him bad. And what do you think the odds of that with the Will Ponds are? Uh, well, it's interesting that you asked this question because there was an article, you know, Sandy Alderson yesterday went out and said uh, that there's no guarantee that the Mets will actually spend as much as they did this season, which this season's payroll puts the Mets like 12th in baseball. Uh, once you actually take David Wright's insurance, because David Wright hasn't played a single game in this season and uh, just had rotator cuff surgery, uh, you know, there's a, that, that brings them down to the bottom third. So this is a New York franchise who is coming off of two playoff appearances, one World Series appearance in that time, and they're going to spend nothing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sickened by, by their ownership. I'm sickened by the Wilfons. I want rid. Like, I, I just want out. Like, there's something, there's some sort of curse that's lingering with this family where, like, they got taken by Madoff, and now every single time the Mets are about to have, like, you know, seem like they might make a, a, a prime to make a run. Like, you know, something breaks like this time. Let's, I'm just going to go through the Mets opening day roster of players who are big. And just we're going to we're going to go through quickly what happened to him. Opening day starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard tears his lateris, t- tears his latimus dorsi in uh, April. Tort in April. Hasn't pitched since. Um, Jacob deGrom. Fine. Actually, uh been really really good this season because he's really really good one of the best pitchers in the game and he's he's pitched up to that this season has had you know had two really bad starts that elevated his era but nothing else more than that um so matt harvey matt harvey is dead um a phenomenon matt harvey a phenomenon who was once one of the best three pitchers in baseball is now a is now had two major arm surgeries and has been pushed back from rehab quick, too quickly and too intensely now for a third time. They've done that to him. So, yeah, like, that's that's not helpful. Steven Matz, um, the Mets probably fucked up his elbow last year by not shutting him down and getting him the bone spur surgery earlier enough because now he can't pitch without any modicum of pain, and he was also pitching through an undiagnosed nerve injury in his elbow, the same one DeGrom had last year for the entire season. Zach Wheeler uh, came back after two seasons missing from Tommy John surgery and proceeded to hurt himself again. Seth Lugo, who was supposed to be the sixth starter slash swingman, tore his, uh, had a partial tear of his UCL in the World Baseball Classic because Puerto Rico abused him, and he, uh, he fell apart. Robert Gesselman, who pitched really well down the stretch last season, very important again in the Mets to the wildcard game. Uh, it just turns out he's not very good, and the league just you know caught on to him pretty quickly. So he's not very so. So there's that. Uh, Granderson gone, traded to the Dodgers. Very good player, like him, love that man. Would would definitely want to see him win a ring more than I probably want to see Justin Verlander, because I have an emotional affinity for Curtis Granderson. Uh, the two hitter uh, Estrebel Cabrera has you know fallen apart because he's old and not very good. Um, the three hitter. Uh, Jay Bruce traded, having a great season, doing a great job in Cleveland. Uh, would a- actually, um, this is going to sound strange coming for me, but I, I, I'm a converted Jay Bruce fan. I actually like him at this point now. Hold the press. Um, hold the hold, 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 hold. Stop the press. His game, his, the game press. Is, his game is still garbage, but I actually like, because he's still a terrible defensive right fielder, and he still doesn't walk enough, and he still strikes out too much. But you know what? He's a good guy who plays pretty hard, and what he do- for what he does, which is bopping home runs, he's pretty good at it. He's one-dimensional as hell, but he's pretty good at that one thing. I just never thought I'd hear the day. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yoannis Cespedes is out for the season. He tore his hamstring after 
tearing it earlier in the season, mainly because of the fact that apparently the training staff the Mets had just had him bulk up his entire upper body without any flexibility training. Um, who's the five header on opening day? Lucas Duda traded. Uh, nice guy, like him. Want to see him do well in Tampa. They're not going to make the playoffs though, but he's been okay. Um, six hitter, I think was like, uh, was Neil Walker. He has also since been traded. Um, so the, the Mets traded away all these salaries is my point. Uh, Michael Conforto, who stepped in and was the best player on the team. One of the 10 best hitters in the national league, um, tore his rotator cuff and is out six months. So there's also that, uh, the closer Julius Familia had a blood clot in his arm. Um, he missed most of the season. I think that's everybody. Jose, <laughs> Jose Reyes remains the only guy in the opening day lineup there. And that sickens you. Even a Med, even a Med Rosario has come up and has gotten hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's been bad the last few games. Bad the Mets, some, like they're cursed, and it, and I think it has to do with the Wilpons. I think it has to do with them benefiting off of other people's sorrows and miseries. Should have just taken your chance when you had it at the restaurant to end the misery. Uh, I mean, this is on you. No, 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 because then the team would go to his son, and his son is worse. Oh. His, his son, his son still does all the operating anyway. All I would have done was taking out a figurehead. It would have been like killing the queen. You know? <laughs> hilarious. I must kill the queen. That's hilarious. Oh man. I uh, mean, in that situation, don't you obviously think it's going to be the fucking star player if you're shooting a movie? Who's going to be the one shooting the queen? Didn't you just have to realize, just keep your eye on Reggie Jackson? <laughs> it's true. So good. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, Frank, uh, Leslie Nielsen as an umpire was like my is one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those memorable memorable moments, man. It's great. Uh, yeah. So let's get your let's get your uh, let's get your Dodger optimism. First off, I'd like to say to my man Curtis, I want you to treat him nicely. I think he's he's being good to us. I think we're going to have a good relationship with Mr. Granderson. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's a rental player, but he's a rental he he's a rental player who comes up in clutch and big in big spots. Big fan. Um, the one thing that you should know about Curtis Granderson, if you ever do see media with him, is that he is a moon landing denier. Oh, I see. I have not seen yeah. uh, any uh, media with him. Yeah. Now, moon landing deniers are flat earthers. Which one do you typically think is crazier? The flat earther. Yeah, yeah, I mean, moon landing denier. Uh, you still understand that shit is round, and you know everything's rotating and gravity, and you believe in science. You just think that our government's full of shit. I can take I, that because we are. But flat earthers are just—I'm sorry—if we have any flat Earth fans, they're just dumb. Yeah. So my, the favorite thing I saw about anything to do with a flat earther was I saw a tweet during the eclipse saying that Kyrie Irving must be really confused right now. Oh, I saw something along those lines. Really good. It's true though. It's like, explain this jackasses. Like it just, come on. It's, yeah, not, it's I, not the Truman show too. Well, the amazing thing too is Kyrie Irving has flown to Europe. He was on our Olympic team. He has to understand that if he had gone in a straight line, it would have taken longer than like the six or seven hours it would take from wherever the U S was training to there. Vegas, what? The, do the U.S. train in? They train in where? Do we train in Vegas or L.A.? Vegas, 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 right? So I think Vegas to so you know if you just do some some simple math, New York to Vegas by plane is about four and a half hours, right? And that's four and a half hours southwest. New York to London is set is seven hours, and that flight is also pretty much I think you know north is is northeast. So it's eleven and a half hours if you were to just connect on that straight line like this. 
However, somehow you get from Las Vegas to London in about eight or nine. How did he not figure out that this is an arc? He could have used a few more years of Duke, man. It's, uh, you know. they, they, they even give you a fucking flight map on the plane. <sighs> this is great. I don't know how we got to Kyrie Irving and Flat Earth, but I love this podcast so much. Yeah, I mean... I, I, <laughs> but let's talk yeah. about the Dodgers. Um, yeah. I think last time we talked, even though that, you know, in the ether, like you said, we were both pretty convinced that the Dodgers are the team to beat and are probably going to be playing what we what we both would assume looks like the Astros, right? I mean... Yeah, I, w- I would say it's the Astros, although I wouldn't put money against Cleveland because the Indians have been very, very fair, good. Fair, fair. And, and, and right now, I don't know how many people are putting money on the Dodgers either because we can't win a game. I mean, it's been really tough, um, and it's been to the Diamondbacks, uh, who were probably going to play, you know, in the wild card or in whatever, the, the division series if they beat, get by the Rockies, what it looks like, right? So, um I like our confidence. Uh, Doc Roberts doesn't seem too worried about it. I mean, we won 90 games, Justin. We're, we're, we're a really good baseball team. Uh, the guys don't seem too worried about it. Yes, Monty Grandal got interviewed, and, and he's just, you know, how do we feel about playing uh, Arizona because Arizona's been kicking our ass, basically. And, you know, he calmly said, you know, well, we're the better team, and we know that. So if the playoffs come, we'll be fine. You know, Kershaw's coming back, uh, I think throwing tonight and he's, you know, going to be a stopgap. He's a slump buster. Uh, I think we'll be okay, man. I just think I'm, I'm happy that it's happening now. Um, and we're going through this because I mean, how rare is it to go through a whole season end into the playoffs and be successful consistently, right? You got to go through these funks and I'm just glad we're doing it now. Hopefully we could write the ship and get back in the groove going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the only team that I really would be afraid of if I'm – well, actually, there, there's two. I, w- I don't fear the Nationals if I'm you because they just seem to be kind of – at this point, I think they've feasted on a terrible division. I, I would agree with that. I don't, I don't, the Nationals are not the team that I, I, I probably and they're fear. And they're super banged up. Right, right. And, I mean, aside from Scherzer, nothing else – I don't fear anything else in that rotation. Yeah, and even then you're pitching Scherzer against you know, Scherzer against Kershaw – Strasburg can be Strasburg can be good. He can be Strasburg can be incredibly dominant, but uh, not, I mean, granted the sample size is small, but nothing I've really seen from him in the playoffs fills me with a ton of confidence. Even though, like you know, that's a start away from being totally rewritten. Right, right, right. But that's also a team that's never won a divi- that's also a team that's never won a postseason series. So I question if that's in their heads. Yeah, no, that's true too. I mean, it, it's true, and, and if we do get there, that'll be probably you know in the championship series, and we haven't been able to get by that too. So that's kind of a mental hurdle for for the Dodgers as well. Uh, for me, I think it's just riding this ship, riding this you know getting through this bad spell. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, you're not a team that wins ninety games so fast and and just automatically become a bad baseball team. Uh, you're going to go through funks. You're going to go through bad spells. Yeah, this is terrible. We're not losing one to nothing. Uh, it's like some of these games are eleven nothing, and it's just like okay. But the bats are going to turn around. Adrian Gonzalez, I just read today that he's probably going to miss the playoff roster because his back's still bugging him. Uh, I'm okay with that. I think uh, you know our chemistry was good. Not to say he's a bad clubhouse guy he's going to be great there and in the clubhouse and helping us along the way but we had a really good thing Cody Bellinger at first and and we I don't I don't necessarily think that Adrian Gonzalez has a place in this team long term anymore I I think I'm with you on that I don't think he does either um the thing that I'm most impressed with as far and I mean as far as what he'd be he'd be a left-handed bench bat for you so all that might do is just give a little bit new life to Andre Ethier 
Um, Curtis Granderson coming in there and being able to give you another lefty bat with some power is helpful. Uh, I don't think that it's going to, I don't think Adrian Gonzalez, uh, you know, I don't think to him being out of your playoff roster is going to set you back as it as much as it would in years past. I mean, it sucks because he's a really, I like, he's one of those guys in baseball that I think is very difficult not to like. He seems just like a tremendously solid, good guy. And on top of that, I mean, we're talking about a guy who went into – he didn't hit the DL for the first time until, what, he was 35? Right, like, This exactly. is a guy who went out there and played every day. So you know at some point that's going to catch up to you. I mean, it, it caught up to Ripken, too. It's just Ripken was a sociopath, so he just played because he was concerned about the record and not his teams. But, uh, but like, Agon, like, you feel for him because, like, the year it looks like they might make that run. He might not make the playoff roster. Now, also, the thing is – he might get on to like a CS or a World Series roster if there are injuries. So as long as he keeps rehabbing, he has a shot at playing in one. Hey, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, he's, yeah. You, you want to see him get in? You want to see him get a bat steep in October? He's been he's been kind of like you know he, he's he's loved in Southern California and for good reason. Right, and like you said, man, he's a guy you can root for. He's a guy that plays the game the right way. Uh, you know, doesn't cause a stir or a fuss. He stands for all the right things. He's a professional. He goes out there on a day-to-day basis, like you said, and he really gives his all. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Adrian Gonzalez. I just don't know. Like you said, aside from a bat off the bench, and hopefully he can get healthy later in the playoffs to come and do that for us. But aside from that, I don't see a long-term future for Adrian Gonzalez on this ball club. Yeah. So the uh, the one thing I do want to ask you, I know I, I know you probably read this. I read it as well. Um, the Ringer article on uh, Yaziel Puig, uh, how he's kind of tra- how he's really just changed his game. He's finally living up to some of the potential he showed. Uh, I want to know how you feel about him because he's become he's become a great player. I mean, he's kind of, he's become what he looked like he was going to be in that first 140 at bats. I'm incredibly happy for the guy. I think he. You know, culture shock, a lot of things, success got to his head, a lot of things, right? Um, he's a young man in, in L.A., uh, things like that, right? He gets a bad rap, and there was buzz in, in, in media circulation about how he's not a good clubhouse guy. People don't like him. He seems like a great clubhouse guy this year. Um, him and the, the hitting coach, you know, he's giving them a big old kiss after, you know, every successful at-bat. He's a guy that the team is gravitating towards. He's given us his all. His defense has been phenomenal. His arm is unquestionable. His power numbers are back. He's hitting with more consistency. He's not chasing pitches. He's the player that everyone thought he would be right now. Um, and I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that I was wrong because I think at the beginning of this year or late last season, uh, I posed the question to you if you thought that Yasiel Puig was anything more than a quadruple-A player. And I think at that time you and me were both pretty convinced that that's all he was that yeah on his day he could be a good major leaguer but on a consistency level it's not there uh he's proven us all wrong he's putting in the work he's doing all the things they need to do and, and to be quite honest he's even a leader of this ball club right now uh uh couldn't be happier with the guy and i think it's 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 Prove the patience of Dave Roberts, the front office. Um, you know, we have an outfield that's packed, and we could have made a move, and there would have been many takers, but we stuck with the guy. We trusted the guy. We sent him down to the minors last year. He got his shit together. Uh, just a, a tremendous credit to the guy. And I couldn't, you know, be happier for him. I couldn't be happier for the team. Right now it looks like it's working out, and, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that's your eight hitter. So, Damn. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too bad, huh? It's a luxury yeah. that uh, most baseball teams would love to have, and and our our organization is so deep, not just you know the major league level, but the forty man and and so on and so forth in the outfield position too. And it's just you know 
it, it, we could it, it shows that, that this guy is, is is a staple how good we are batting in the eight hole and really not even griping about it that's the number two number three number four five hitter in most lineups in the bigs and this guy is you know getting protection from the pitcher hitting 20 plus bombs and, and doing it all yeah um so to change topics, the last thing I kind of want to get to today, um, J.D. Martinez the other night with, uh, with uh, Sunday night hit uh, four homers. Uh, second four home run game of the year. First one by Scooter Jeanette. But the question has nothing to do with J.D. Uh, Martinez. I was just using him as a segue. Um, do you think the baseball is juiced because of the fact that Scooter Jeanette hit four home runs in a game and has hit 20 home runs this season? Is that good enough evidence? Um, no, but... <laughs> Your conspiracy theory is phenomenal. I think Scooter Jeanette is uh, having a fluky season, and that's cool. I mean, uh, he's also playing in a band box, so I, I I get that he's playing in a band box. Like I know that park in Cincinnati is it's just tiny, but uh, it's just I'm sorry. He's I'm, I'm looking up his career homer numbers before this before this uh, before this season, and I, I'm you know. I'm just going to go through them quickly. Scooter Jeanette has played. He's so his rookie year, 23 years old, played in 69 games, hit six homers. Next season, played in 131 games, hits nine homers. Season after that, the 114 games, hit six. Year after that, plays 136, hits 14. In 122 this year, he has 24. Doesn't I'm I'm, I'm not buying it. I mean, okay. Uh, Jose Batista's numbers sucked for a lot of years, bro. I understand that, but Scooter Jeanette is also only 5'10 and 175 pounds. Jose Altuve is not big man either. You're not saying, like, why is he hitting home runs? No, I know exactly why Jose Altuve is hitting Because he's a good baseball player. Because he's a good baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's he's a top five player in the league. All right. He's just... He's just doing what Ichiro did, which is like, you know, Ichiro could hit home runs if he wanted to, but he decided I'm just going to slap singles. You're right. You're right. Fair enough, yeah. man. Altuve is just like, yeah, I'm just going to hit the ball in the park. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, I don't know okay. what to say, man. I'm giving credit to Scooter Jeanette. I think whatever, but I see a lot of, I don't know, man. Is the ball juiced? <sighs> Maybe. I think, I think it's juiced. Too many home runs being hit. Every single, like, it's not it's just, it's funny. not just, okay, it's not just, okay, I can see this. It's not just how many home runs, you know, pitchers are hitting more home runs, but it's the distance on all of these home runs as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going, like, looking at, like, a, a Giancarlo Stanton or an Aaron Judge home run right now, or there's a few other guys who are mashing him out that far also. I'm just pointing at these two because they're, they're prodigious. But, like, it's just, like, that ball's going 480 feet. Like, they're all, none of, none of these are wall scrapers. They're all bombs yeah yeah it's like when you watch the little league world series and these guys are hitting dingers and it's like two lengths of the baseball field it's like why won't we make this a little bigger it doesn't make yeah. sense yeah i don't think we're far away from making some of these fields a little bit bigger man i mean yeah or that i think they just loosen the ball up fair enough fair enough but just uh, up. i think this is a good point man i think we're gonna yeah. you know for everybody i think we're gonna do this i got i got a new microphone and we're gonna make the time and me and justin will do this all the way up to the end and through the postseason uh you know i'm committed to it i know justin is i'm committed to it all right my man so from us always you know thank you guys for listening we'll be back probably next week hopefully next week and uh we'll cover what we have to cover i know we wouldn't have thought that we'd be talking about the Dodgers not being good at baseball right now okay. it is We'll live.
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 